Hey guys, welcome to another week. I hope you're having a fantastic day wherever this finds you. I am coming off a teaching session that I did uh, for productivity. I did a whole keynote about productivity and I thought it was such a good topic. I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to do that for the podcast because I think there's a lot of I hope, uh, good insight in it. And also, I really framed everything through this lens of how do we be productive right now? Like I'm recording this in May of 2021. So how can we be productive in this world that we're living inside of coming off the end of what we've gone through? And it feels like Parts of the world are opening back up again, which is such a gift, but then also a distraction. And so just like, we're going to talk about all things productivity today. And I'm hoping that there's something in here that's really helpful for you. As always, you know, if there's one thing that you can take away, fantastic. And if all you get out of this conversation is that I don't say anything that you wanted to hear for productivity, then maybe it will encourage you to go find a YouTube video or another podcast or a book that really speaks to exactly how you'd like to be productive. But this is some thoughts that I have about the topic. So that's what we're digging into today. Hi. I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. All right, first, let's start with the definition of being productive. Productivity's definition is achieving or producing a significant amount or result. The reason I love a definition is because I feel like it always just gives this great nuance to a word that we've maybe heard a million times. And in this instance, what I focused on was this word significant. Achieving or producing a significant amount is what productivity is, is what it is to be productive when you're pursuing a goal in your life. And the word significant matters because I know for a fact that if you are listening to this, you have worked really hard at something in your life. You know, being on the soccer team in high school or writing your first book, building a podcast, starting your business, growing your family, like being a more intentional parent, being a better leader, like you name it. Everybody listening to this has pursued productivity in some way. But what I also know is that statistically, there's probably a big amount of us who have tried to be productive against an area of our lives and have worked our butts off, like hustled and tried and committed time 
and then found ourselves super frustrated when we looked back a month later or at the end of the quarter, maybe the end of the year, and realized we hadn't made nearly the traction, hadn't gotten nearly the results that we wanted. Or in some cases, maybe you just like you, you went backwards. I definitely had that happen. I actually remember specifically when I had my first son, I, y'all have maybe heard me tell the story of, I think after my pregnancy with him, I was 52 pounds heavier than I am today. And just a quick caveat, I do not give a crap about weight. I, I, you are perfect and worthy and enough and beautiful as you are. I'm only giving you that unit of measure because I'm 5'2", and 5'2", plus 52 extra pounds was really physically painful for me. Like I just, I had so much inflammation in my body. I was really uncomfortable. I was, I couldn't, oh Lord, I couldn't even walk a mile, let alone run one. I just, I I was taking really bad care of myself, which sucks because I had this little baby who was counting on me and I was trying to run my business. It was just, it was a lot. And I went and I joined a gym, right? Like this is what maybe some of us do when you're like, okay, I've got to get healthy. I really want to do better for myself. I want to feel better. I want to have more energy. I don't want to be so tired all the time. So I decided to join the gym. I'll never forget. I joined 24-hour fitness uh, right by my house. And because I thought, okay, this time I'm going to take this seriously, I hired a trainer you know how you can like go and you like get the private training session or whatever for free. And then they're like, okay, for $39 a session, whatever. So I had this trainer that I met with once a week. And I was so proud of myself because I was working out harder than I ever had before. And I was like, I'm not going to do anything to see what kind of results I have. Like, I'm just going to focus in on this training. And I would train so hard and I was killing it. And I think like six weeks go by. And she's like, okay, we're going to do a weigh-in because that's what they do. That's how they measure your progress. Fine, whatever. And I get on the scale and it had been six weeks and I had worked out so hard and I had lost one pound. And I, I took everything in me not to like start bawling because I just felt like an idiot. Like I felt like there were these rules that I didn't understand. Like how did I – what – I'm like dying over here, like work. And now, oh my gosh, like I understand so many things and I know that I had gained muscle, but what mostly just as a side note was happening was that I was working out so hard and I was eating garbage, absolute garbage, fast food and frappuccinos and because I didn't understand nutrition and I, I just all of it. And so I was working you guys harder than I ever had and I had made no traction because I was working in a way that wasn't efficient. I had achieved a result. I lost a single pound, but it wasn't a significant amount. And that's what productivity is, is how can I achieve the most results in the time that I have? Why this matters is because we're all busy. Everybody listening to this, you have responsibilities in your life. You have stuff that you need to do. You are busy. You do not have time to waste. So if you're going to commit time to your goal, I don't care what that goal is. Maybe it's a goal of getting debt-free. It's a goal of going back to school. It's a goal of 
making, you know, a, learning a new recipe of bread. Like it doesn't matter what the goal is. I think, you know, what makes us happy as human beings is to make progress towards a goal that is significant to us. So if you're working really hard and you're not getting any closer, it's going to discourage you. And unless you are different than me, man, I, I, what, what do you think I did when I found out that I had lost a pound after six weeks of work? I was like, well, I'm going to Taco Bell on the way home. Like, what the heck? Why am I even trying? It's so discouraging. And so if you can find some hacks that help you to be more productive using the same amount of time, like that's the jam. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I feel like this topic is especially interesting because I hadn't realized until I went through COVID in 2020 how much my productivity is reliant on routine. My productivity was reliant on routine. And that's just fine when you're living life in normal world and you get to decide, you know, here's the schedule that I'm going to work inside of given the responsibilities in my life. And then you know, because you have a routine and you have a schedule, you know where your pockets are to sort of go above and beyond. Let me back up and explain this real quick. If you are trying to pursue a goal, you are aiming for something above and beyond the life that you have today. Straight up. There is no world where you're like pursuing a goal that will keep you status quo with the life that you have. A goal is always about evolution, always. It doesn't matter what the goal is, you're evolving. And so if it's above and beyond the life that you have today, then it usually is going to have to come above and beyond your current routine. Maybe that's why some of you are struggling right now. So you're like, I can't get this done. I can't, I don't have the time. Yeah, you have to prioritize the time. You have to create the pocket. You have to create the window. You have to figure out how to fit this in above and beyond the life that you're currently living. I wish that I could wave a wand and have all of a sudden my day job is just all the goals that I have. I have a, this is my job, what I'm doing right now, what I did all day with my team, the emails, the Zoom calls, that's my job. And I have people who are counting on me and I have a team that needs me to be strong and I have little kids that need me to pay my mortgage, like that's my day job. But the stuff that I'm pursuing above and beyond, wanting to write my first screenplay or wanting to like produce a movie, like that stuff's above and beyond, which means it comes above and beyond my regularly scheduled programming. Does that make sense? Like everything I have ever achieved in my life that was big and audacious and wild came on the other side of my regular schedule. Those first books that I wrote, 4 a.m., 5 a.m., they came outside of my regular schedule. Building a business came outside of my schedule when I had a nine-to-five job. Like the side hustle came above and beyond my regular schedule. So maybe we have to start right there is that you have to reconcile yourself to the fact that if you're pursuing a goal, you're adding to your workload. If you are pursuing a goal, you are adding to your workload. And maybe what you're going to get out of this conversation right now is just like, oh, crap, I can't do that. 
Maybe you hear me say that and you're like, you know what? I have a, I have a nine month old and this is not the season for me to be pursuing a goal because I really want to be present and focus on that right now. And that's fine. That's beautiful. That's amazing. And maybe this conversation isn't for you. Maybe this conversation is for the person who's like, yeah, I, they keep talking about it. We all have that friend in our life who just talks and talks and talks about this thing that they're going to do. And you're like, okay, Brian, when? You, you can't talk about it. You have to actually do things. And I'm just going to tell you right now, you don't even need to listen to the advice on how to be more productive if you aren't resigning yourself to the fact that it's going to be hard work. Let me say it again. It's going to be harder work because I know you work hard already. It's going to be harder work. I, you all have probably heard me talk about this before. Um, my dear friends, uh, Tom and Lisa Bilyeu, built Quest Nutrition. It's an incredible brand. They built it. It's a big part of their story. They're awesome. And Tom is easily one of the most intense humans I know. And I love him. He's like <laughs> the exact level of crazy and intense that I love. But he always does this thing. Uh, he and Lisa do this thing together, which is so cool. Whenever they have a new dream in their life or goal and they tell their partner what the goal is, they hold each other accountable with this phrase, no bullshit, what would it take? They're like, okay, great. You want to write a book? No bullshit, what would it take? Oh, you want to build that business? No bullshit, what would it take? And they challenge each other to really list out without bullshitting, what will it take to have this thing that you say you want to have? And sometimes what they list out, they're like, yeah, to achieve this goal and to achieve it in that amount of time would take these many hours and would mean that I would give up this. And when they lay it all out, they're like, oh, dang, actually not the right time. Or actually, I'm not willing to give that up. So no bullshit. What will it take for you? to have this thing that you want, because you have to start there. You have to look at that and ask, is it worth it? Is it worth it? I have so many friends who are so amazing who aren't Enneagram threes, right? I'm an Enneagram three. And if you know, you know, but I have friends who are Enneagram sevens and Enneagram nines. And again, if you know what an Enneagram is, you understand what I'm saying, but they're friends who like, they love they're, they're, they just live life in a different way. And I'm so grateful for their influence in my life because they bring me into the fun and the party and all of it. But I'm not the friend that you call when you're like, oh, I want to like, let's chill. And like, no, I'm the friend that you're like, oh man, I've been thinking about this idea for a year and I'm nowhere near where I want to be. I'm like, okay, let's go. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get more productive. And this year has been wild because we lost our routine. And actually, if you take a minute and you think about all the stuff that you have been through in the last 16 months, it's no wonder that you've had a hard time being productive. It's no wonder, right? Like for me, went into 2020, super pumped, so excited. We had an amazing conference in Florida. We had an amazing conference in Toronto, our first international. We were so excited. And then quarantine. And that was terrifying. Like it's, it's amazing to be on the other side of it now, but gosh, it was so scary. Like our city was in lockdown. Maybe your city was in lockdown. I was so freaked out for my grandparents and my parents and what would this mean? And it just was so scary. And then 
Then it was like, okay, this is not going anywhere. And now we've got to figure out how to work from home. And praise the Lord, thank goodness, I'm so freaking lucky that I had a job where I could work from home because I know so many people who didn't. So then I had to figure out how to work from home and I had to figure out how to help my team navigate working from home. And then just when I've got a routine for working from home, bless our teachers, they figured out how to do distance learning. So now I've, now I had my routine working from home. Now I got a new routine working from home and being a teacher for my eight-year-old and making sure that my three-year-old at the time doesn't drive him insane. And I'm going to try and do Zoom calls. And I'm going to, what? And then just when that routine starts to work, hybrid school. And when that routine starts to work out, hybrid work. And I know that your life is different than mine. Maybe that that laid out for you in a different way. What I'm trying to get at is if you also feel like productivity is something that thrives for you inside of an existing routine and you're frustrated with yourself that you weren't more productive in the last 14 months, I just want you to see the reason why. Now that we've acknowledged why, which always helps me, it helps me so much if I can understand why something is the way that it is, you have a choice right now. You can say, the why is hard, and I'm not yet ready to let go of processing the why, which is beautiful. Like, I cannot encourage you enough to sit in whatever process you need to do for the crazy ass year that you have just survived. Yay you, yay us, yay world, we survived. And some people are not yet ready to let go of feeling how hard that process was for them. And you know your heart best. So you need to listen to you. And in fact, if you haven't ever checked it out, my last book, Didn't See That Coming, is all about that process. How do you hold space for pain? How do you hold space for joy? How do you sit in the midst of a hard season? It's on audiobook. If you want to grab that, if you like listening to me talk, you can grab that one. That's a good one for you. You can grab it at the library for free. You don't have to, you don't have to buy it. But that's all that book is about if you feel like you're in that place. So you can sit in the why or you can choose to focus on what. And that's not, look, okay, I just want to say this. is not for everybody, but this is for me. When I feel like, okay, I've sat in this, I've cried over this, I've done the therapy, I've done the journaling, I've read the books because I really do, uh, you know, 15 years ago, no way, I would have just run off to the next thing. But I, as I get older, I'm really good about sitting in and allowing myself to feel the discomfort and the pain that I'm inside of. But when it's time for me to move forward, I have to focus on what? Always, 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 I've got to give myself a new destination to head because I'll too easily get pulled back into the vortex and like spiral out over things I can't control, things that have happened in the past. It is very helpful for me to focus on where I'm going, not where I've been. I want to go where I'm going, carrying the lessons that I've learned from where I've been, but I don't want to focus my energy and my thoughts on the past that I can't control and the things that are outside of my control. And in fact, if you didn't listen to it, I did a podcast a couple months ago about the vibration that we sort of live at, the energy that you put out into the world and how you attract and manifest things into your life. And if you haven't listened to that one, yes, it is a little hippie, 
but it's also really good, I think these two things go hand in hand. So if you are in a place where you want to focus on the what, here are some things that really help me to be more productive. The first thing is the what. Where are you going? What's the goal? What's the thing that you want to really focus in on for the next three months? I like to break down, I have sort of the vision for myself for the year. Oh, actually, I'll back up. If you want just like the full enchilada, I have the vision. I have a 10-year vision for my life. And if you don't know about that, episode 72 of this podcast, scroll on back, go listen. It's all about how do you visualize the version of yourself that you want to be 10 years from now. So I have the vision of my life for 10 years in the future. And then I know what I want to accomplish this year in 2021 that will help move me closer to that version of myself. And then I break the year down into quarters. So I know what it is that I want to accomplish this quarter. So when I say, where do you want to go or where are you going, figuring out what the goal is for you this quarter is an incredible place to start. And depending on how much energy and momentum you feel like you have, like if you're like just starting, you're like, Rach, I'm just for the first time in a long time starting to dream again and starting to have goals, like that is amazing that is amazing. Honor yourself in that. If you're just starting out, then I like to tell you to bring your goals closer to you, meaning what are things that are closer and easier to achieve in where you're living right now? Because if you are just getting back into this idea of creating momentum for yourself and you set a goal that you are not able to achieve for five years, that's beautiful, but you are going to lose momentum. You will you're going to lose motivation because it's so far out, it is impossible to celebrate that win. And it just feels like you need something that you can achieve. So I'll often tell people like maybe the professional goal or the big goal for like the business or whatever, maybe you're not ready for that if this is new. Maybe you need a goal for like, maybe you learn to cook your favorite recipe. Don't roll your eyes at me. Maybe you learn like you are going to perfect fried chicken. You are going to perfect a vegan Buddha bowl. You are going to perfect the world's greatest brown butter chocolate chip cookies, which also please send me some. Like maybe that's what you're going to do. Maybe you're going to learn to play a song on the guitar. Maybe you're going to volunteer. Like bring it closer. Do something achievable because Progress is like stacking up Legos. So like every single thing that you do raises you higher, gets you closer to where you want to be, but you're building this foundation that helps to elevate you. And if you can achieve one thing, even if it's like, oh, I finally perfected my grandma's cornbread recipe, you're you're making progress. So you just sort of fit the goal into this vision that you have of the future Like, I'll give you one. Like, I'll give you a very tangible example. One of the visions that I have for my life, it's been something I've listed in my Start Today journal forever, is I own a horse ranch in Texas. I don't. (laughs) Just in case you don't know how my journal works, I write my goals as if they've already happened, which if you listen to episode 72, it'll explain why. So uh, it's I own a horse ranch. I I love horses. I have taken riding lessons on and off for the past, oh gosh, couple years. I'm still not 
a cowgirl yet, but I like, that's a dream. Like that's a dream in my life is like, I want to have this ranch for me and my kids. And I, I want to have a ranch and I want there to be like little, like tiny homes or like cabins where my girlfriends could come stay the weekend or like, I don't know, like a cool yoga teacher that I like can come. And then she teaches all yoga. Like basically I'm trying to create a summer camp. (laughs) for my friends and my family. That's kind of what I'm envisioning. But it's like a big goal. This thing in my life, like what, who, what, a horse? Who am I? What do you, what am I even, I don't even know. I can't even imagine like that, what, that like Ellen and Portia, like what? It's a big goal that I have for myself. So that's like 10 years, but then I can pull it closer and find an achievable personal goal right now that could help me get there. That's literally why I started taking horseback riding lessons. Literally. Inside of COVID, after I got divorced, I felt really depressed because my kids would spend half their week with their dad, which is like amazing. Their dad's amazing. But I had never been without my kids. I found myself as this mom and then my kids aren't with me half the time and I was so sad about it. And I finally just got tired of being sad about it. And I was like, dude, how many moms wish that they could like have a Sunday to themselves? What could you use this Sunday for that would help you get closer to your vision of yourself? So I'm like, you're nowhere near getting a horse ranch, but is there something that you could do? Could And I was like, oh, I could take, I live in Texas. There's like a horse, horses on every corner. And I'm like, oh, I could take a horseback riding lesson. And so I did. I would go like once or twice a month and it was a simple thing. It wasn't like this all in crazy whatever, but I learned how to ride and made myself really proud and could feel progress knowing that it was like working towards a small, tiny part of a bigger vision. But it just made me feel like, okay, you're not in that place yet, but you can be, you can sort of pull some of the magic from that place into this one. So where are you going is the question. The second thing is to ask yourself, what do you need to do to get you there? What do you need to do to get you there? And just sort of like a short and quick answer for this is going back to that quote, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. What you do to be more productive is that you break down the bigger vision that you have into small bite-sized pieces. So let's use the horseback riding thing again because that's like it's simple and it's close and I, you know it's it's not like oh how do I get a book published? For instance, if I was breaking apart horseback riding lessons, like then how would I break that apart? Okay, research where to take lessons, research different styles of horseback riding call around, send emails out and see what instructors are available, see how much it costs, work that out into my new single lady budget. Like all of these things were small bite-sized pieces that I could take. They were, they were tiny like micro moves that I could take that would pull me closer to this personal goal. And I could give you the same examples for, you know, if I was trying to do something big, like increase revenue or be a better leader for my team or pay off debt or whatever it looks like, I can give you examples of breaking it into bite-sized pieces. So what do you need to do to get there is you need to figure out what those tiny micro moves are that add up to something big. See, I think that people get this wrong because they get excited and they're so pumped for this thing that they want to achieve And then they confuse like 
brute force with actually moving in a direction. Let's say, let's go back to when I wanted to run my first half marathon and I wasn't a runner and I didn't know how. So excitement and energy and brute force is like, oh, okay, I'm going to go out on Saturday. I'm going to run five miles no matter what. And during that time, I'm going to like probably barf because I'm not training and I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm like my energy and my enthusiasm for this goal is going to make me believe that I should just go ham. When the reality is that the way that you actually get to a half marathon is that you train consistently over a longer period of time. You don't try and run the entire half marathon in a weekend when you've never trained before. But people do that all the time. They're like, I'm going to devote an entire Saturday to this goal that I have, and I'm going to work so hard. And they burn themselves out in that moment, and then they never come back and touch it again. And like, why work so hard? It's like, yeah, you worked hard, but not smart. So figuring out what those bite-sized pieces are that are going to push you forward. And then the next thing is all about time. For me to be productive, it is all about prioritizing my time. When are you going to work on the goal? See, people talk about finding time or making time or not having enough time. It's not, it's, I said this to you earlier, it's not about that. It's about can you find those pockets inside the world that you're living in that you can devote to this thing that you want to do? Y'all, Above and beyond the regular schedule is getting up at five. Or maybe for some of you, it's working after the kids are asleep or it's working before school or it's working after work. It's like fitting it in when you can. But that means you're going to have to make a priority of your time. That's like Tom and Lisa saying, what's it going to take? What's it going to take is you can't watch Netflix. What's it going to take is you are going to have to give up something else. That's why I started this conversation saying like, this is going to be hard. Do I think it's going to be worth it? Hell yeah. I do think it's worth it. I think that if you have this idea in your head and like this fire in your belly and this potential in your heart, like, yes, I believe it's going to be worth it. But I know for a fact, no matter what it is you're working against, it's going to take effort. And it's going to take effort that feels different than the current life you're living, which is going to make it uncomfortable. So you asking yourself, where can you fit that time in? And just to get even more granular there, I really want to encourage you not just to find the time, but to make sure that you find the time at the right time of each day. So I write at 5 a.m. because I feel the most creative and clear and focused first thing in the morning. But that's not for everybody. I have plenty of friends that are night owls and they feel better late at night or maybe in the afternoon. So it's just about when are you going to slot in that time? And I mean slot it in. Put it in your calendar. Schedule it in your calendar. This is the time that you are working on this goal. And make sure it's the time of day where you actually have the capacity to pursue the thing that you want to pursue. The follow-up question I get a lot is people are like, well, how and when and what times? And I can't tell you that, but I did get this question so much that I just gave people a clear answer to start with. Five hours a week. I challenge you to find a minimum of five hours a week to focus on your goal. Five hours a week committed time is 260 hours a year. 
260 hours a year of focused energy against your goal, what kind of traction do you think you'd make? Holy crap. See, lots of people will set aside the time to work on their goal, but then they'll like screw around. And myself included, man, how many times did I get, I would ask I'm like, ask my ex-husband and be like, oh, can you watch the kids for a couple hours on Saturday? I want to go write. And he'd be like, yeah, of course. And I'd go to Starbucks and I'd have two hours for myself. And then I'd like write. And then I do a little, I'm using air quotes so you can't see me. I do a little research. And then I'd go on Pinterest like, oh, let me maybe find a cover example. Or I want to see like, I'm going to find a model that like, I'm going to find like an actor that looks like this character so I know how to describe them. Like I spent so much time, quote unquote, working on my book and I wasn't making any traction because the only traction that mattered was word count. How much would your life change if you had focused energy for 260 hours a year? The results would be exponential. Like it wouldn't even be, uh, you can't even compare that to anything. Five hours minimum. And I'm not saying that that could be one hour every day for five days. That could be five hours on a Saturday. That could be two hours here, two hours there, one hour over here, whatever you need to do to make it work. But you should be able to find five hours. You should. If you can't find five hours in your week, then I want you to write out what a 24-hour period looks like for you on average. Maybe you need to do what a week looks like for you on average. I want you to write it, not look at it digitally so that you can see where the pockets are. Or maybe, maybe y'all, this is the time where you need to learn to say no. Prioritizing your time, your time, means that any time you say yes to someone else's ask, and I'm not talking about your boss or whatever, I'm talking about like your sister-in-law, the PTA, the whatever, any time you say yes to their agenda, it's a no to your dream. Let's just get that clear. A yes to their agenda is a no to your dream. Because if you only have a certain amount of time to work on your thing, then you have to focus in. I'm just asking five hours, y'all. Maybe you find a way where you're like, yeah, I really want to volunteer with the PTA. That I'm passionate about that. And I really want to pursue this goal. Okay, great. So what does that mean? How can you fit in both of these things? It's about prioritizing your time. And then it's about making sure that you protect that time, that you hold it sacred, that you don't let anybody infringe on it, that you don't let anybody like, oh, but I really need you to block. No that you don't let anybody make you feel guilty for five freaking hours when you're an adult. Like other people can try to make you feel like you're wrong or you're selfish because you're asking for this time for yourself. And really selfish means you're doing the thing you want to do instead of the thing I want you to do, which is crazy when you think about it. You're, you're human, you're grown up, you are allowed to decide what you do with your life and your hours. And I know that y'all, some of you have partners or parents or people who are counting on you. And I think that there's a way to have this conversation in a healthy way, in a graceful way. You don't have to like punch anybody in the face, but you do have to stand up for yourself and you do have to hold those boundaries sacred because they matter. You have to treat these hours like your life depends on it. Because it does. The future life that you want to have depends on your current self 
fighting for your future self's right to exist. Let me say that again. The life that you want to have, that vision that you have 10 years from now or a year from now, that person, that version of you depends on the current version of you standing up for yourself. You got to protect your hours. You got to protect your time. You have to set a new standard for what you will accept from yourself and what you will allow others to make you think about your new standards. A few more things that I want to tell you about being productive is that when you actually do sit down, so let's get more granular, when you sit down inside of your hours, you're going to work on your goal, you've got to eliminate distractions. So for me, if I can, I like if I'm just writing, I'll shut the Wi-Fi off on my computer. I turn my phone over. I have no sounds on. I do everything I can so that nothing will pull me out of focus. And if y'all have never, um, if you're not familiar with flow state, when you're done listening to this, I want you to go on YouTube and just type in flow state and watch some videos on what it is to get into that state and how you're so much more productive in flow than out of it, but also so that you can understand how dangerous a distraction is because it will pull your focus and it, I don't even know the science on it, but it takes so, like you'll be shocked at how long it takes your focus to come back if you're distracted even for 30 seconds. So eliminate distractions and however you can set yourself up. That's also why 5 a.m. became my writing hour from the very beginning because everybody was asleep and I had no distractions. So eliminate distraction, have a morning routine. Sounds kind of funny because you're like, a morning routine, what does that have to be? What does that have to do with being productive? I think everything. I will tell you right now that every uh, creative, achiever, business owner, like cool person, like everybody I know that I'm like, man, you're killing it. How do I be like you? They all have a morning routine. And the morning routine is not the same, but there are a lot of elements that are the same across the board of everyone I've asked. Everyone has some kind of movement in the morning everybody. It's different depending on the person. Some people do yoga, some people to swim, some people to hit class. Like everybody's different, but everybody has movement. Everybody has some kind of like meditative meditation, gratitude, focus time. Everybody. I would say a huge chunk of people have some kind of journaling practice or laying out the day. Some people journal like free flowing thoughts. Some people journal like start to day journal style. Some people map out a day like in a planner. And then when people are in that morning routine is when they're figuring out what is the result that I need to accomplish today or maybe three results or five results. What is the result that I need from this day? That's why the morning routine is so powerful for being productive because it grounds you every morning. You come back to center and remind yourself where you're going. So that's a really important one for the people that I know to help them to stay focused against those goals because it's so easy to be distracted in the world that we're living inside of, especially when our routines continue to shift. And frankly, y'all, especially as the world opens back up and there's so many exciting things that you can do and fun you could have and like, yes, live your life safely, go live your life. But also if you're here, if you're still with me at this point, it's because you have a goal. And so you have to ask yourself, like, it's the difference between what you want now and what you want most. That's it. What do you want now? What do you want most? 
Because if you can differentiate those things and you can sort of pull in some of these productivity practices into figuring out what you do now, where you're going, how you're going to get there, it's everything. And that's how you make sure that you get to the end of this quarter or the end of this year and you feel proud of the progress you made. Whether that progress was going back to school or making your grandma's tamale pie. Like whatever it is you're doing, progress is the thing that I think makes us all feel like we're, we're pursuing life. Life isn't living us. We're living it. And we're living it on our terms. And we're calling the shot about where we want to go and who we want to be. So those are just a few thoughts. Those just like the tiniest little nuggets out of the, the class that I just taught. And I hope that y'all found it helpful. I hope there was some wisdom in there for you. If you like this episode, I hope you'll consider sharing it on social or, or maybe sending it to someone in your life that you know has been wanting to figure out the productivity game too. But as always, uh, my intention is to be helpful here and encourage you to go do your own research and find your own ideas for what might help you along the path. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And until I talk to you next week, remember... I love you, and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is hosted by me, Rachel Hollis. Our show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and edited by Andrew Weller, with additional production support by Sterling Coates. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is a 3% chance production.